0: Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for listening. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by the podcast host. If you're thinking of introducing podcasting as part of your marketing, as part of your personal brand, they have courses, one-on-one mentorship. They even have the ability to help you produce it. So if that's been on your mind, you've been thinking about doing it, check them out via the link at the website, beingfreelance.com. Right now, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance for branding designer Kelly Brito.
1: I know so many designers and developers out there uh, criticize when we do the work for for a a lower cost, for less money, because they think that doesn't add value. And what I have learned through these years is that there is an audience for all different types of prices in the same way there is an audience for all different types of styles out there. I choose carefully what I'm going to display on my portfolio because those are the type of clients that I want to attract, people who like that specific kind of design or people who want something similar to that, people who actually are my ideal clients are finding me. That's beautiful.
0: Hello. Yes, welcome to another one. Hopefully, you'll hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes that we do. We chat into so many lovely guests uh, who are sharing some great stuff. Today, Kelly Brito. Uh, we'll talk to her in a moment. Don't forget, though, being freelance is the website and on there you can join up to the mailing list. Uh, don't just tell you about the episodes but other things that we're up to. Join us on Twitter as well at being freelance and just to let you know that I've also started doing some video interviews for Red Lemon Club who I was doing some guest posting for. Uh, basically often I talk to freelancers for this show where I get really intrigued by their side projects but I don't talk to them too deeply about them because obviously there's a lot more to Chat about. Uh, So, what we're going to do is, I'm going to talk to them specifically about the process of one particular project. So, for example, I chat to a guy called Connor Whelan, who's an animator, about this wonderful short film that he made called My Darling's Shadow. So, check that out as well. Um, All the different links are on online. But it's if if you're into like animation in particular, but more than that, I think if you're into like the behind the scenes to somebody's creative process, I think you really enjoy that. He takes us through from the thought process in his head to rough sketches to storyboards all the way through into after effects and so on and so forth. Anyway, I, I really enjoy talking to him. I hope you enjoy watching it as well. Right now, though, let's crack on and say hello to, and I love this, she describes herself as a branding witch uh, based in New York, in the States. Kelly Brito, branding witch. Hey, Kelly. Hi,
1: how are you doing stay? I'm good. A branding witch. Yeah, you know, for lack of better wording to use (laughs) i'm just using witch but uh, i actually work with branding in general so i like that i
0: like working magic with branding because you you will talk about what you do but it's not just design for example so i like i like the the witch thing how about we do what we always do and we get started by you telling us how you got started with being freelance
1: i got started it was more of an accident i would say i had a kid and I didn't want to stay home. I didn't want to be a stay-home mom. Um, I tried to work and like outside get all the jobs and uh, it was very difficult for my kid because she would stay with the grandma and she would cry a lot. she was very little. The grandma kept kept calling me during the day because she was crying. and uh, eventually I just stayed home and I started working with like fashion first fashion design, and uh, it was good, but it was stressful, and the sewing machine was making too much noise, and the kid was sleeping, and that's when I went back to uh, designing, because I started with development around 1997, when I was in high school, and at uh, that time, it was like, MySpace was very popular, and I used to do design for MySpace, from there, I went to blogging. I went to blogger, then to WordPress, then to a bunch of other things, and kind of here I am today.
0: So, back in '97 and uh, high school, you were doing design, like web design.
1: Yes, I, I started more with, uh, I would say, development because I was really into coding, mm-hmm. and I would change almost everything through the code. Uh, from there, I get to design because uh, there were things that I saw that I could not do with code, like pretty things with pretty typography. So I had to move to design. That's when I started learning um, the Illustrator, the Photoshop, and all that thing. But that was a long time after. It wasn't 1997 at <laughs> all. Uh,
0: it was... And what were you working in? Like, So when you left education, what, what were you working in? Is that what you were doing?
1: From high school, I went to college. I actually went to college for languages. It was Portuguese and English oh, right. major. Yeah. It has absolutely nothing to do with uh, (laughs) my field. Because my mom thought I was really good with kids, bless my mom. And uh, so I tried to be a teacher for her and that didn't really work at all.
0: So did you go into teaching?
1: Yes, yes. I was about four or five years into teaching. Kids, I tried teenagers. Jesus Christ, never again, never again. (laughs)
0: So at what point – So, because you, you said that your kind of freelance career took off after you had a child.
1: So okay. So did
0: you step away from teaching to have a child? Oh,
1: well, I didn't really step away from teaching to have a child. The child came and changed everything. It was not planned. So I had to like – Changed my life around the fact that I had a kid. And uh, being freelance really helped it a lot because I could stay home and actually take care of my kid. Uh, actually, I'm very happy now that she goes to school. It's like, have this whole bunch of free time during the day. It's great to actually work. But I, I'm able to drop her off in school, pick her up and all that things. Well uh, How I actually started on the design, what helped me a lot was Etsy. Etsy.com. I opened a shop on Etsy. And I started making pre-made templates for sale. And uh, people eventually started asking me if I could customize this or that, if I could change details. And that's what forced me, kind of like pushing me to go into a uh, 100% customization and then focusing on the branding development and all that thing. So Etsy helped me
0: a lot. What a wonderful route into it. So, yeah, so the ability to use something you were passionate about and start coding and designing So themes and templates and then selling them online and then people saying, I really like this, but could you do this for me instead?
1: Yes. Could you add a shop? Could you change the color? Can I have a different font? And uh, of course, people want to show their brand. They, They want it to match their colors, their branding, their vibe, their style. They want to tell a story through the design. So it makes more than, you know, enough sense that they want to change it. So it could match their story and that's that's kinda of how we started. And it's pretty freaking awesome today because it's always a different challenge, something different. And I'm learning every day because they are pushing my boundaries. At a, I didn't go to school for this, so I had to kinda of learn by myself. I I consider I know a considerable amount, like enough to help me to go through these days, but nobody knows everything. And the internet world is one that is always changing. There is always new codes and things to make everything easier, or shorter, or different so it's, it's pretty good it's exciting
0: it's cool so just to put everything in perspective when was well probably easiest to say how old's your child
1: <laughs> <laughs> um she was born in 2007 so it was a long time from 1997 to 2007 and between the time i went to college i did everything i, I was a teacher uh, i came to the u.s in 2000 and i don't know four maybe or three,
0: Oh, okay like that. where were you before
1: I'm a Brazilian. I'm a oh, native Brazilian, and I went to college in Brazil first, and all that. After I moved here, then I went to the University of Visual Arts for photography. So I've been studying a lot of different things, but it's never design.
0: <laughs> uh, cool. All right. So, how has um, since you started that Etsy shop and, and all of that? How has it evolved into what you've got today?
1: So the Etsy shop is great, but it doesn't really give you flexibility to change it, to actually brand it. So a lot of people buy on Etsy, and what they know is that they bought it off Etsy. They don't really remember your shop name or anything like that. You're just one more person in there. Uh, there is you know, the good side, because they have all the marketing, and they have a lot of people in there every day. And the bad side is that you kind of lose your identity. There is like a thousand people doing what I do on Etsy, probably more. So what I had to do, I just decided to open my own uh, website, and uh, little by little, it was like evolving. Then I had my own shop on it, because this way I can sell from my website without having to pay all the fees and everything on Etsy.
0: So your website as well, did, has it always been the name it is now? Because it's studiocom right?
1: Yes. Oh... Uh... I don't even know how to tell you this. I, I, I rebranded so many times, it's freaking
0: ridiculous. <laughs> Why, though? It's, it's good to hear. Go on. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know if it's a question of finding my identity, my voice, and what kind of style matches me. I don't really know what it is. But uh, what I can tell you is, starting from Pink and Lola, which is uh, I think it was one of the first companies... Yeah, no, it was not the first company name I had. But, uh, well, it was the, like, the one that picked it up the most. It was uh, decently popular. But I didn't like it because uh, it just started sounding like a a clothing shop name for me. Pink and Lola was like a hipster clothing (laughs) shop. And and people would send me emails saying, Dear Pink or Dear Lola. And I'm like, I'm not Pink and I'm not Lola. There's no Pink and Lola here. That makes no sense. So I changed it. I changed it to Calibrito, which is my name, Calibrito.com. Well it's great to work with your own name because it gives you the flexibility of you know, doing whatever you want and uh, branding the way you want so it could totally match you. I could be selling clothes one day and selling designs the other if I wanted to my name my name would still be there. But when it comes to branding and design, what I felt was that maybe because I do so many things, there is photography design, the coding and the strategy people were probably getting a little uncomfortable coming to me and saying, well, you're going to do all that on your own? Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes I was hiring people to work with me, the fact that it is my name gave people the impression that I was doing everything on my own. And they were a little bit uh, uncomfortable, I would say, sometimes. So I just changed it back to a company name and I chose Taki, just like this fruit in Brazil which I actually hate I, hate. I hated it all my life <laughs> I never liked Kaki but the sound was different it was like you know a little catchy you know so I moved to Kaki.com and, and things have been picking up real good I noticed the difference when I moved from my own name to a company name it makes people feel more secure I would say
0: that's really interesting. It's something I often think about, the whole um, company name versus f- versus personal yeah, name. I,
1: I think the personal name works real good when you are maybe a blogger and when you are a coach. When you're a coach, that's really fantastic. But in my case, it was not the best.
0: And you, not the best. Thing. You mentioned there, as essentially, that you were outsourcing s- some of the work.
1: Yes, oh, because sometimes it just gets a little crazy. When I want to focus on my shop. Or I want to have things that sell themselves while I'm sleeping. I mean, who doesn't like that? It's fantastic on a Sunday sometimes when I wake up and I sold $100, $200, 500 That's amazing. I didn't do anything. People go there to my shop. They download it. They use it. and you make money. So I do want to focus a little more on that. And uh, so I sometimes I do need to hire help to do uh, parts like the coding and things like that. I do love the design. And I had this big problem on trusting people to do the right thing. It's just terrible. I'm not a great player because in my mind like no I understand this better I think I could do this a little better which is just ridiculous because I probably cannot do it better than so many people there so I try to do the design part and uh, when it comes to coding sometimes I do outsource it and uh, send to people their interest to do the coding part of the websites.
0: So you found that process difficult though?
1: Yes yes it's difficult sometimes I try to do everything which puts me behind on the schedule, so that's when I, I step back and I realise that I had to stop
0: But I cannot work by myself. If I look at your site now, it says you do identity, web design, photography, mm-hmm. um, all, all of those things. Oh, hello. <laughs> the things of living in a big
1: city. I,
0: <laughs> I, I feel like I'm on a game show and I said a key <laughs> word, which is set off an alarm.
1: That's true. Well yeah, done, so you
0: said photography and you've won a fridge. <laughs> That's so true. Okay, so your current website, khakistudio.com. Maybe we can chat about what you have on there because you've got your blog, you've got resources, you have an email list that you're growing as well.
1: Yeah, the blog, what I did was I transferred everything that I had on the other domain and I put in there because I didn't want to lose some of this stuff. But I'm still cleaning it up, the blog, because I think there's stuff that we don't really use, we don't need, it's not that great for SEO. So I'm cleaning it all up. And uh, the resources is like so new. It's like two days ago, I guess, or three days ago. That's when I did the resources pages because I keep doing things for people to download. Free templates, free, I don't know, WordPress themes, uh, workbooks. I write for other blogs and I write for my own blogs. And I like to put things in there that people can actually download and work with it so they can practice what they just read and they can implement it on their own business and brands. Because I have just so many things, I decided, you know what, let me just get all this and put in a library. And now everybody can just go to the resources pages and see what it is and download it. It's much easier.
0: So, you're, so you are creating quite a lot of stuff that you give away for free.
1: Yes, absolutely. I would say almost every day. Uh, cheat sheets and uh, papers and workbooks and ebooks books and uh, everything that I can really. I don't mind giving it away. Uh, things that I learned all these years, Having different businesses and work with different people, just trying to uh, organize my thoughts and uh, give it to people so they can, I don't know, improve their brands.
0: And how do you find that works for you business wise?
1: Mm, you know, I never really, I'm not the type of uh, business person who actually tracks results most of the time. I suck at that. Well, I just do it because I want to do I don't really know what kind of results it's giving to my website. But what I've been doing lately is that I've been sharing it on Twitter. What I have noticed it is that every time that I share it on Twitter for the past couple of days when I created it, people actually visit it. And uh, from there, they get to know my website. They get to visit different pages. And on that specific page, on the, on the resources page, the bounce rate is never ever a hundred percent is usually uh between zero and 20 which is like really low mean means people are clicking a lot mm. and they are visiting other pages they are clicking on their downloads so either i'm being able to help somebody when they click to download or i'm getting more attention when people are clicking on the other links on my website to get to know me and my work so that eventually that's going to bring me more, you know, I'm going to build more of an audience. I'm going to attract more of my ideal clients. And uh, eventually, I'm going to get more jobs with that,
0: I guess, I hope. Where, <laughs> where do your clients come from? How do they find you?
1: Many of them still come from Etsy. It's amazing. That's why I cannot close that shop. <laughs> Many of them come from Some of them come from creativemarket.com. Because today I also have a shop there that sells uh, pre-made stuff. And uh, some of them come from Twitter. A few of them comes from Pinterest. I have no freaking idea how they find me on Pinterest because I don't think I have any materials of mine on Pinterest. I just use it to pin pretty things. I don't use it as a marketing tool. Uh, a few people actually find me through Pinterest, which is pretty amazing.
0: That's really cool, but especially because that means they're really connecting with your personality and what you like. And what Pinterest. I really
1: love about it all is that uh, people who actually oh, my ideal clients are finding me. That's beautiful. I suppose that's because of the branding and all the work that I put on my portfolio. I do a lot of work uh, on a weekly basis, I would say. But uh, I choose carefully what I'm going to display on my portfolio because those are the type of clients that I want to attract, That people who like that specific kind of design or people who want something similar to that. I don't. I don't want to put all my work in there because sometimes it's very rare but sometimes I still do work that I don't really like doing I think it's going to be one thing in the beginning and uh, the client just makes something completely different by the end and I, I don't like it so I don't use it on my portfolio
0: Yeah, yeah, sensible. Just to remind you, this episode is supported by The Podcast Host. They are the company that was spawned out of one freelancer and his passion for audio and podcasting and now is supporting other people doing the same. So if you've been thinking about adding podcasting as a way to sort of grow your personal brand to emphasise perhaps a passion of yours or Uh, your expertise in a particular area. could be that you do Q&A type stuff or maybe you're going to interview people, whatever it might be. Uh, They have all the resources you might need to help you get started. If you've already got started, they have great advice on how to grow. They do one-on-one sessions. They do mastermind groups. uh, They do courses. They even take the audio production off your hands and do that for you if that's what you're after. So check them out. The podcast host, Send them our love uh, for supporting this as well you can find all the details at beingfreelance.com uh, back to you though Kelly how have you found the financial side of it like do you rely on selling the products or do you rely on the the client work and let the, the products top you up or
1: uh, it's very difficult to let go completely of client work because. They are way less, they require less attention than the products that are ready because even though they sell themselves, people sometimes have doubts on how to set up. They need support and more attention. I need to keep doing updates. And so it takes a little bit more time, but and generates about the same amount of money, I would say. But uh, with the client work, the things that I always do something different, uh, I don't work just for myself, I work to bring the client's idea to life, which is freaking awesome and uh yeah and then in the end generates the same amount of work but that's okay so i i really because it's something that i really like it's really pushing my creativity when i work with the clients
0: one thing i noticed on your site as well is under services you actually as, as well as like the customize you know get in touch branding for creatives thing at the top Beneath that, you have a set of packages like logo and brand styling, website and online presence, brand photography. It's very much your detail and this is how much it would cost. Uh, What led you to doing that? How have you found that?
1: Yeah, the price is like a start up point price because everything really changes according to the need of the client. Some of them are going to need a very simple uh, branding package. I would say like just a logo and a, a business card. And others are going to need a logo, a variation, a business card, uh, you know, a strategy, I don't know. So the price really changes. The same thing goes for websites. It really depends on what you need, how many pages, what's going to be the structure, what platform you're going to be using, WordPress, Squarespace, blah, blah, blah. And they are all different to work with. One is harder than the other and all that thing. But uh, I try to keep everything as low as possible because, well, first, it's not like i need to work. I'm not freaking rich obviously, but my husband makes a decent um you know money that we could live well off it. And I always wanted to help people who are starting. So the people who want to make their dream come true. And people who want to make their dream come true most of the time don't have that much money. They don't have a thousand, two, three thousand dollars to pay on a website design. And I'm I'm I know so many designers and developers out there uh criticize when we do the work for, you know, for a lower cost, for less money, because they think that doesn't add value. And what I have learned through these years is that there is a, a, an audience for all different types of prices in the same way there is an audience for all different types of styles out there. So I think it's okay for me. I'm, I'm comfortable today in working with people who don't have that much money to pay for a design, and I, it, that makes me happy that I can actually help them make their dream brand come true on a budget.
0: Have you had any trouble with actually getting paid?
1: I never had any trouble getting paid. That's a miracle. Maybe because the price is not so expensive, but I never had any problem ever, ever. Actually, the first time I had something similar was a couple of weeks ago when a client received the last invoice uh, for the project and it was about $500. And she said, "Uh, can I pay... uh, Three hundred fifty for and for the the last part is missing, and then I'll give you, I'll give you two hundred more afterwards. I'll give three hundred more. I don't know something like that. And she said, "Because ah, because I had a bad experience with my past designer and this." And I said, "You know what? It's okay. I'm gonna give. Why not? Nothing bad ever happened to me. And it's you know it's not that much money. It's not gonna make me poor." Because of that, if she doesn't pay me, turns out she did not pay me. <laughs> she did not pay me the remaining uh, amount. But uh, and I'm not gonna be after her, uh, asking her to give me that amount. I don't know. I mean, people, you know, you have your own conscience. If you can sleep at night, it's up to you. <laughs>
0: um, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued as well by by the photography section because is that something that you added because you found that there was a need for it? Because obviously you were designing, you were coding, but I don't know, were you just getting sick of sticking stock photos in or something? Oh. Right,
1: right. Oh, my gosh, I know. But actually it was was um, before I worked 100% of my time with design, I was working with fashion. And uh, when I was working with fashion, I fell in love with photography. It was, oh, God, with the images, everything was so beautiful. The models look like goddesses. Uh, and uh, what I did, I brushed it and I bought myself a camera. Actually, that's a lie. My first camera was uh, my boyfriend gave to me. Uh, I had my first camera. So I went to SVA, the School of Visual Arts in New York. And I did the photography courses. And I started working photography. And it was it was good. I loved it. And I ended up falling into family. um Portraits because, you know, it's easier. Families are always taking pictures. Mommies are always taking pictures of their babies. It was easier to make money. And then I ended up working on the weekends, all Saturday, all Sunday, taking pictures of people. And I was not seeing my kid and I was not being able to go out with my kid. So I stopped with photography for a while. And then when I I started with the branding, I noticed how freaking hard it is to get beautiful photos for your website. Because all pictures are cheesy. And then you want business photos. But I work with creative people only. So a business for creative is a little difficult. Because all you see was, like, you know, the people, the, the ladies with the suits, smiling like they are on, on drugs or something. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I needed something that was more natural, more, you know. These days we have more. Today we have stock Z. Today we have death to the stock photo of a few years ago, we didn't have that. So that's when I started using photography in it too. And then I noticed that people wanted it for their own websites, like photos that, that belonged to them, that spoke to their brand, and they didn't find everywhere else. And uh, not other people was you know, using it as well. So I started doing it for the clients.
0: Cool. You mentioned uh, do, doing a course for photography. And the fact that for that matter, you were pretty much self-taught with uh, with the web design kind of side of things. Are you continually teaching yourself, learning?
1: I have to. It's uh, Every day you learn a little trick, I guess. And uh, the fact that I'm always working with new clients who always want a different function, some kind of rollover, changing color, amazing, flashy thing on their websites make me go and look on the internet. How the heck do I do that? And uh, YouTube makes everybody's lives easier these days and... I don't do that so much anymore because I have limited myself in my time and I prefer to work with WordPress and Squarespace. And I already know what I can do within those platforms, so I don't need to be researching that much, that often anymore because it's a trial and error thing. You need to go, you need to find out how to do it, and you need to do it, then you do it again, and do it again to see how it works and if it works properly. And with all this responsive design thing, then you need to make sure you have implemented it correctly so things are going to work properly when they are on a big screen and when they are on a cell phone screen and it's not easy sometimes
0: we will of course put links at beingfreelance.com so you can go take a look there uh, at everything that kelly is up to now i i always do this thing where i ask for three facts about yourself
1: oh yeah that's (laughs) that's a great part of the show i love
0: it two true one a lie let me figure out the lie what have you got for me
1: yeah when I was working with fashion, we went to the Sleepy Hollow Forest. I don't know if you know, it's pretty famous here. The one from the, the Headless Horseman, it's in New York. So we went there for a photo shoot and uh, it was a freaking creepy day. It was foggy in the forest. There were weird cracking noises. We didn't know what it was. It was a very uncomfortable photo shoot. The other one is uh, my daddy let me fall when I was about one year old. He let me fall and I hit my face and my head. And, uh, the third one is that my shoe had high heels and they, they broke when I was in the middle of Manhattan and I had to figure out how to get home with a broken shoe.
0: So you've been to the Sleepy Hollow, hollow Forest and it freaked you out?
1: It's a beautiful place. It's magical. I mean, you, you guys are from you know England, you know magical forests and places better than we do, but it's very nice. It's just very creepy.
0: You f- got dropped on your face as a one-year-old.
1: Oh, my God, yeah. My mom says I'm crazy because of that, because my <laughs> daddy dropped me and I hit my face. <laughs> she keeps teasing me that that's why I'm crazy.
0: And you got stuck in Manhattan without uh, with only you know, one shoe. I, I which... don't
1: even like heels. I don't like heels. I'm a boots type of person. I love combat boots.
0: <laughs> but uh,
1: every time I wear heels, I fall. I fall. One day I fell and I had a bottle of wine. And uh, I stepped on little cracks and uh, this time it broke. I was in Manhattan and I was coming from uh, uh, a session and uh, with a client and it broke when I was coming home. And then um, I had to take the train to go home. So can you imagine me walking like one is hard the other, when you when you step in weirdly because one side is broken, the other is not. <laughs> I just took it off and I went bare feet, bare
0: feet all the way home. Oh, And my- it's a dirty
1: place because, you know, like it's a big city, so it's pretty freaking dirty. Get home with the black feet
0: on uh, i'm gonna say uh, i don't know the sleepy hollow one's not true
1: oh it is true we were freaking out it was very weird here it's weird
0: in that case your storytelling on the other two was brilliant oh, you, thank you, you 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 didn't break your heel oh no i didn't break my heel no i never did i avoid oh. heels because i fall a
1: lot and i have heels and the last time I fell, I was coming from a wedding and I fell and I rolled it like a freaking ball. So I avoid you.
0: <laughs> OK, if there's one thing you could tell your younger self about being freelance, what would it be?
1: Oh, do it. Don't be afraid. Being a freelance is not that hard when you do the work. And please be more organized, Kelly, be more organized. That's all I would say.
0: <laughs> Have you struggled with being organized then?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's not my strong point. Not at all. That's why sometimes I work with uh, virtual assistants to help me out a bit. uh, Because I'm a very last-minute person who works uh, better under pressure. And uh, so that doesn't help me being organized. Because if you organize it, things get easier, right? What is the fun in that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, How how do you find fitting work around family life? Because it seems... You know, from your site and stuff, there's a lot of ambition and there's uh, going on there. It must take a lot of work just building your own site.
1: It does. And uh, it's been a little difficult because I'm working from home now. And uh, after the kids come home and everybody wants to talk with you, nobody. The fact that you are home, it's it's like you're not working at all. People don't understand that you're actually working and that you need to concentrate. So the kids want food or juice or talk loud or, or laugh or want to tell me a story. The, the boyfriend wants to tell me a story or something that happened during the day. And that's uh, little by little pushing me to get a place. I've been looking to places this week so I can actually uh, drop the kids off in school and just just go to my own office where I can literally leave the house, talk to other humans, which is amazing. I miss that a lot and come back home on the right time.
0: Ah, and totally separating them out
1: yes yes it's uh, I understand people who can do it from home but it's really uh, making my life difficult my my work life is uh, mixing too much with my, my personal life I would say and uh, for people who can actually separate it 100% that's fantastic but for me it's a little bit we live I mean it's a big city the apartments are small it's a small place and the uh, noises that people make uh, inside the house distract me sometimes so I don't really like it, so I'm going to find a place. We were looking to co-working spaces, a more uh, relaxed atmosphere, the vibe is nice, I think I could do that, I'm going to give it a try. I never did it before, so I'm going to give it a try.
0: Cool. um, What are your future plans for Kaki Studio and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, what I'm trying to do now is um, grow it, get somebody to help me 100% of the time with the coding. My brother is coming here to help him with the photography, and we're gonna have video for branding as well for brands' uh, videography. So he's gonna do that, the video and the photography part. And I'm gonna have somebody very soon who's gonna be with me all the time just for the coding part. And uh, hopefully we're gonna keep expanding, uh, not too much. I don't. <laughs> it's like as I said, I don't want nothing major, big. I, I don't know, it kind of scares me a bit, I would say. I like things the way in this stage they are now. I make a comfortable amount of money. I, I work with my ideal clients, and I'm afraid if I go way too big, I would go a little corporate, and I don't like that.
0: That's interesting. So you've, you're have you driven by ambition, but you're scared by it as well. As well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that I just uh, noticed now that you said I never actually gave it much thought.
0: Sorry, it's the therapy. Oh, Um, I know, it was a
1: good
0: one. I'll send the bill. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been really nice uh, to chat to you, Kelly. You can find out everything that Kelly's up to at um, beingfreelance.com where you can also listen to all of the other previous guests as well. You can reach out to Kelly. We'll um, we'll put uh, her Twitter and stuff on there so you can um, find find out what, what she's up to. Maybe check out some of the free resources she was talking about.
1: Yep thank you so much I really love the show I'm so glad I found out about it and I'm thrilled that you invited me like what that never happened to me that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) thank you I loved it
0: really great speaking to you and all the best being freelance thank you So there you go. Hope you enjoyed it. By the way, Kelly has been in touch since we recorded that. It was just a couple of days after and said the lady who hadn't paid has paid. So she's back to having no financial problems. So that's it for another episode. Just to remind you, or maybe you've not heard this, maybe you didn't listen to last week's episode. I am going to be doing kind of like a live version of being freelance with a live panel at a conference this summer. It's in the UK. It's in London. It is 18th, 19th of June, and it's called New. Media Europe 2016. It's actually one of the conferences I really wanted to go to this year, and now I'm at it, which is really nice of them. So if you fancy coming, there's heaps of great speakers. You can follow the link at beingfreelance.com and find out what else is there. Judge for yourself whether it's for you or not. But if it is, then, hey, come say hi. It would be really nice to um, chat to you over... I'm, I'm presuming there is some coffee and cake involved. Otherwise, I'll have to check my contract. Why? Th- there must there must be coffee and cake, or I wouldn't have said yes. So, yeah, and Anyway, it'd be really nice to see you at New Media Europe 2016. Check it out for yourself. In the meantime, have a great week being freelance.